In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, LLS, will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors, or 1,762 steps, inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, or on your treadmill, climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Welcome to the Rainbow Skyline Podcast, one of the many great shows on the Athletic Podcast Network. My name is Nick Cosmeter, and I am joined by my colleague covering the Denver Nuggets, Kendra Andrews. Um, and today we're talking about the NBA's building toward a, building momentum toward a return, uh, how some of the proposed formats may affect the Nuggets, and who on Denver's roster may have most benefited from a layoff that is nearing the three-month mark. Uh, and we'll get into plenty of more stuff as well. Before we do, we want to say thank you to you, the listeners, the subscribers here at The Athletic. Um, we appreciate all of your support during this time. Uh, if you're a subscriber, uh, we've appreciated everything that you've done in terms of listening to our podcasts and uh, interacting with us. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, head to theathletic.com slash rainbow skyline to get a great low cost deal on a subscription. Sign up now. You never know when these deals will end. And as an Athletic subscriber in our app now, you can comment on each episode. We have comment sections for every episode we do. So give us your feedback. We listen to it and it means a lot to us. All right, Kendra, let's let's kind of get into this today. There, there's been a lot of news since we last gathered. Uh, we know, like I said, the NBA is, is seemingly nearing a return. Obviously, we're talking here on Wednesday. On Tuesday afternoon, the NHL announced that it will have a 24-team playoff, and they're going to be moving toward that in the coming, coming weeks and months. Um, the NBA still has not made it official, but we know the reporting says that they are getting close to an agreement probably with Walt Disney World to have the league stage down there. We don't know whether there's going to be a regular season component to it or if they're going to go straight to the playoffs, whether those playoffs will have an altered format from the typical one through eight seeds in each conference. Um, as you've kind of gathered this reporting over the last couple of weeks, uh, particularly picking up here over the last week um, here at The Athletic and, and in some other publications, what's just been um, your kind of biggest impression of, of what this is all going to look like? And then what do you think are some of the big questions that still remain? I mean, it's gonna. I think it's gonna look different for sure, one way or another. Whether that's with the you know pre-existing one through eight seed format, or if they decide to switch it up, I know that just from you know scrolling through Twitter, people's responses, a lot of people are kind of, I don't want to say up in arms about a one through sixteen seed format, but I think if there is a time to try and try something new and switch it up, this is the time to do it and see if that works. Because I know in the past, you know, there have been way more casual conversations of is the one through eight seed the, the right way to do it. And so if you want to try something different, this is the time to do it. I think for me, the biggest thing that's kind of been, and it didn't come into my head until a couple of days ago after a conversation I had is about if the season should jump right back into playoffs or uh, have, you know, maybe a four or five game buffer between 
training camp and in the playoffs, um, five more regular season games. And it doesn't really affect the Nuggets, I don't believe, but I was talking about it with my sister and we were, she was saying how, okay, you have a team like the Pelicans who I think they're, you know, one or two games out of the playoffs and they have a player like Drew Holiday who has, um, if he was told, you know, if you, if your team makes it to the playoffs, you'll get a bonus, you'll get X much more money. So for players like him who have this incentive to get to the playoffs and are right or in the bubble of that, what is it going to look like for them if they if the league chooses to go straight into the playoffs. And I know that money, you know, just in general right now is probably not the number one thing on people's minds, but it's a factor in this that I hadn't even thought about before. I think like two days ago. Well, it's certainly a a big factor from the league and team perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I think that's why, you know, let's, let's be honest about it. That's the, that's probably the, the, one of the biggest things at play here. And, you know, we've talked to we've heard Paul Millsap say on a, on an Instagram interview he did with the Nuggets last week is that, you know, players, players want to return overwhelmingly. And of course, I, I think players who are in positions like the Nuggets are who have a lot to gain. They're, they're going to be in the playoffs. Uh, they're going to be a, a high seed in, in whatever format they choose. Um, they believe that it's going to be somewhat of an even playing field, right? Mm-hmm. Like no team's going to have home court advantage. So teams like the Nuggets believe, hey, we we're on it. We're on even ground. We came into this season believing that we could go win a championship. And and perhaps now it's an even more level playing field in terms of everybody having to have dealt with this. Uh, Everybody probably coming back healthy, given the time off. And so now now you just go play and and, and see what happens. Um, We've we've seen others, though, on the on the flip side of this. Mm -hmm. We saw Damian Lillard come out yesterday and say, listen, if if we're going to go back, go to Orlando and play without any chance of making the playoffs, then what's really the incentive for, for for us? And that's why that's why this would be a seemingly be a season where you're talking about allowing more teams to have a chance to, to be in the playoffs. We saw what the NHL did, right? Mm-hmm. They t- they're making a 24 team format in which the top four seeds in each conference are all already locked in. They're going to play games that determine their seeding in the top four positions, but they, but they have positions in the playoffs locked in the other, the other eight teams in each conference are going to do, going to play one another in these series. Um, so you're going to have four, four or five game series in each conference. And the winners of those four series then get into what will then be a traditional playoff format one through eight. I could see the NBA doing something like that, where you have you give some of these teams that were lower, lower down, but maybe still had an outside shot of making the playoffs. You give them a shot. Now, now, if you're that 24th team, you have to play. What is it? The the, the fifth seed or, or whatever the case might be. Uh, or, or if you're the 12th team in your conference, you have to play the fifth seed in the conference. So you're, you're, you're still up against it in terms of of getting in and getting the playoffs. Uh, but it gives you a chance. It gives you life. And and again, for, for these teams, I know there's been teams from like Atlanta and Cleveland who say, hey, we have young players who haven't really gotten a chance to play together a whole lot. We've made some trades. It would be important for us to get that time together and play. But if you're a veteran on any kind of those teams, you're saying, I need to have incentive. You, mm-hmm. you mentioned it. The, the the monetary component of it could certainly be a part of it. Um, but but other than that, it's got to be for a guy like Lillard. I need a chance to go win, a chance to compete at, at like a playoff type level. But so the, so those are some of the outside stuff. As this pertains to the Nuggets, let's talk about a couple of the of the major scenarios that that we've seen. The biggest one that's getting thrown around here is this one through sixteen, and by that we mean the the teams that were in the playoffs or or who held a, a top eight seed in either conference would be in or 
they would they would get to that point, right? With whether it be with a few games, a play-in, whatever, you would eventually get to 16 teams. Now, instead of playing those two those in in two separate conferences, as is th- as is the traditional format, you would play them in one kind of one big bracket where you reseed everybody one through 16. Um, in that scenario, the Nuggets would be the sixth seed out of those 16 teams, the sixth best overall record in the NBA. And that would pit them against the Pacers, the the, the number 11 seed overall, um, you know, obviously a top four team in the Eastern Conference. What is the first thing? A, what's your thought on that format? And then B, what, what sticks out to you about, about the Pacers and that matchup? I think it would be an interesting format. And I think it would... I mean, I think it would be really interesting to watch because those are matchups and teams, not always because, you know, some East teams would be playing East teams, some West and West, depending on where they fall. But it's you're playing teams that you never before all of this, you would never would have had that in your mind that you'd have to be preparing to play up to seven games against them. The, the Nuggets would unless it's comes to the, the NBA finals, you know, the Nuggets would never have to be preparing to face the Indiana Pacers in the first round. So I think the, your approach to the playoffs kind of has to change because I, I can imagine that as the season goes on, you get a picture of, okay, these are the teams we are going to face. This is how we match up against them. You kind of get into that thought process and then you you have to shift it. Um, I think, I mean, I think the matchup, and I know that we're going to talk about the potential matchup against the Rockets later on. I think if I were a Nuggets fan and I had to pick between the two, I think the matchup against the Pacers would be a little bit better for them because, you know, I, with with the Rockets playing their small ball, I think the matchup is – it could really go either way with that. But I think – and it, it would be – they're they're more – not similarly built, but I just think that that matchup would be a little less – could go 100% one way versus 100% the other way, and it's kind of going to be a toss-up. Fellas, we've all had funny experiences with our cologne. Maybe you're still wearing that polo blue from your old high school girlfriend. Maybe you walk into Sephora, get your cologne, and become overwhelmed. Or you wear Old Spice and girls think you smell like their dads. The reality is smelling good is important. And Hawthorne smells really good. And getting Hawthorne cologne is easy. You could get it for Father's Day, a perfect gift for your dad. You can take the quiz for somebody else. Here's how it works. Take a quick two-minute quiz and Hawthorne tells you the two colognes that are best for you one for work, and one for play. It's totally risk-free with free shipping and free returns. Check out Hawthorne at hawthorne.co. That's hawthorne with an E and .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. That's hawthorne.co and use my promo code ATHLETIC to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. Yeah, part part of my thing with this is that the, the only kind of issue that I have with with completely changing the format is that these teams started this season and played eighty five to ninety percent of it with with this one idea in mind of how it would go. Now, granted, a global pandemic changes everything, and right now they're just trying to get there. They're they're trying to play games, and and that's what it is. That's that's the most important thing for, for the league. Right? Is is getting players down there safely being able to provide adequate testing, being able to provide adequate space for them to social distance and, um, you know, really just be in a situation where their their safety is the number one priority. But beyond that, it's 
it's making making the money, making the team's money, giving fans something to watch. Those are all important components of this. And so that's why I think it's it's an interesting time to talk about these formats. Uh, but it, it's it's to me, it's an interesting thing to where it would be something that you would want to have prepared for an entire season that, that knowing that this right. is how it's going to go. I, I it's just again, this is just my own personal. This is my own personal feeling about how to how to do this. Yes, it will. It will certainly add interest, but I don't think you are going to need to have sort of a a quickly change, changed format in in order to get people engaged. Um, that being said, should they do this format, it would almost certainly work out better for the Nuggets to play to play this way. Uh, they would get the Pacers, who they were one and one against in the regular season. Obviously, we remember the win in Indiana on January 25th was Michael Porter Jr.'s best game of his young career. He had 25 points, really exploded onto the scene. Um, and and I think overall, the, the Pacers matchup is is a good one for the Nuggets. Um, you know, Demodis Sabonis gave, gave Denver problems when Indiana came here a couple weeks later in February and, and won 115 to 107 at the Pepsi Center. Uh, he's a guy that could give them trouble that they have not defensively rebounded as well in the latter portion of the season as they did at the beginning. Uh, again, I think a three to four month break is going to kind of throw all those previous trends out the window, but he, he's a guy that sometimes they struggle against really aggressive offensive rebounders. And so he, he would, he would give them a lot of challenges. Uh, you know, miles Turner is a guy that has some size that, that would be able to, I think give Jokic not problems, but, but at least make him work a little bit. Uh, but I, I still like that matchup for Denver. I, I like I like Michael Porter Jr.'s potential role in that series. I, I think it's a good one for for Jamal Murray. And then obviously, if the Nuggets were to get past the Pacers, they would probably match up next with the Toronto Raptors. And again, a, a very good team, a talented team with a great head coach with championship pedigree. It would be nothing resembling a walk in the park. But again, would you rather have the Toronto Raptors in the second round or would you rather be playing the Clippers in the second round, which is probably how it would go if the Nuggets were to play in a Western Conference playoff field and and get past the first round, which that wouldn't even be a guarantee, right? We're talking about traditionally if they line up uh, three the, uh, as the 3-6 in the West, they would play the Rockets without the benefit of home court advantage. And that's the one thing about this format overall of playing in one side in Orlando um, that is going to be different, that it's going to affect teams that had earned that home court advantage that now won't have it. And of course, even if they did play in home arenas, those arenas wouldn't have fans. So that, that home court advantage would be mitigated. Uh, so, th- so those are kind of the things that I, I'm just thinking about this, but I, I kind of think that if, if they are to go and, and play that one through 16, they, they were to get reorganized and play the Pacers and the and the Raptors. Now you're looking at a Final Four matchup with the Lakers. Um, you know, in, in the in the sort of I guess semi NBA semifinals is what it would be what it would be called. Now you're now you play the Lakers and and then you're you're a series away from the championship. It would certainly be intriguing uh, because we it's just something we didn't expect and something we haven't seen before. Does it? It brings up the question to me because, you know, there's all these conversations about, oh, whoever, unless it's the Lakers or the Bucks, maybe the Clippers who wins this championship, there's going to be an asterisk. And I was talking to Mason Plumley a couple days ago, and he kind of mentioned something that you said earlier, Nick, which is, no, we're all on the same playing field. There's no, there's not going to be any asterisks no, no matter who wins this. But to me, looking at this 
you know, alternative 16 seated format, would that kind of raise that question again? Because, you know, we're talking about, okay, this is going to definitely make it a, a better road for the Nuggets to get to at least that conference or the semifinals, NBA semifinals. Would that kind of bring up that conversation again, saying because they're not playing the Rockets in the first round, then the Clippers in the second round, um, and even for teams outside of the Nuggets, would that kind of make you know people just say that type of stuff again? It's a great question. It's a really good point because you know we we know the West is is the the deeper, more loaded conference, right? The the Bucks, as you mentioned. Uh, they, they could go into the into the playoffs as a favorite to win a title and I think I think rightfully so I think that would be um, you know a fair characterization for, for a team like that but you you just look at it the other way around and you know a team like Utah would get a draw where they were the seventh seed right so just one seed behind Denver in the 16 team format their road would be the Houston Rockets in the first round and if they were able to get by them the Lakers in the second round. So, so that's a big that's a big difference from saying you have to you you had to get by the Rockets and the Lakers to get to the NBA semifinals, whereas the Nuggets could say we beat the Pacers and the Raptors. It's it's sort of a, a luck of the draw situation, I, I I feel like. And and again, to me, that's why from a competitive balance standpoint, in terms of who you were playing against all year, um, sort of what you were preparing for. Uh, I mean, even the Clippers, their, their matchup would be with with the Dallas Mavericks as the four seed, the Dow- the four thirteen matchup. Um, that's a that's a much tougher first round matchup than I than I think the Clippers. You know, of course, that could have been their that could have been their matchup. That could have been a two seven situation. Um, but again, then they, then they would have to play perhaps the Boston Celtics or the Philadelphia 76ers in the second round. And, and so, again, these are. It's a good question that you ask, uh, but I ultimately do think that whatever team wins it isn't going to have to explain themselves. Th- this has been a right. um, just an unprecedented situation, and it's and nobody knows how it's going to turn out. Um, but it, I, I don't think any team that wins is going to have to explain itself. I just I just personally don't see the league going down this road. I, I think they could do something similar to what the NHL is doing. That's one thing I could see happening where you get the teams that were maybe close to that playoff race, give them a chance, give them, you know, and again, if you're the 12th team in that respective conference, make it much harder for them to get in by, they have to play the fifth team in that conference in a short series to get in. That's going to make things a lot more difficult uh, for them, but they, but they still have a chance. They have incentive to come in and there and go. And then maybe the last six teams in the league or whatever it is say, you know, good season, you know, we'll see you next year. Enjoy the lottery. Um, That's, don't don't risk more teams coming that that aren't going to have anything to gain by it, and allow veterans on those teams to not have to take that risk as well. Uh, so these are all great great questions, and I'm fascinated to see hopefully in the next few days what the NBA is ultimately going to decide. Let let's get into now a, a little bit more specifically to the Nuggets. As we look at this now, the layoff. If we're talking about players coming back, probably getting into their home markets by early June, maybe mid-June is when training camps could potentially begin. Again, this is nothing official. It's just sort of what we're what we're hearing and kind of guessing at this point. Um, we, we will have been three months since, since organized basketball got played. Who do you think on the Nuggets will most benefit from, from that kind of layoff? I think it's going to be players like Paul Millsap, Will Barton, maybe, who are going to uh, benefit most. You know, at the end of, near the end of 
well, where the season stopped, you know, players like Will Barton, he hadn't gotten a lot of rest and he was feeling a little run down. You know, Paul Millsap, he obviously missed a good chunk um, early in 2020. And then he kind of got back to his to what he was doing um, before he was injured. But I think it's going to be those kinds of players who are a little bit more beat up, banged up a little bit, who who could really use this rest and not you know, obviously not not work out there. I'm sure that they're very active and, and working out over this hiatus, but just those whose bodies needed a little bit of an extra break to recover. I think, I mean, Jamal Murray was kind of getting back to, uh, he, even after he came back after his ankle injury, he told us, you know, my ankle's not 100%. And we didn't really know where he was at with that. At least I didn't know where he was at with that. Um, when the season stopped, so just making sure that those guys with those lingering injuries were fully healthy, there's nothing going on with them. I think those are the ones for the Nuggets who benefit the most. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I would add in there that, that Michael Porter Jr., who, who, has, who has since said, at, since the NBA went on hiatus, that he was still certainly dealing with the effects of the high ankle sprain that he had on January 31st. Um, he ended up missing, you know, through the All-Star break, 10 games. And uh, he he was a guy that you could tell uh, he wasn't he wasn't this he didn't have the same pop certainly was having a hard time finding his rhythm uh, in the games leading up to the hiatus so I, I think he's a guy that could probably stand to benefit fr- from that and 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 then again you know Paul Millsap certainly a great example of, of a guy who has said that he's been just kind of going into off season mode and he's come out strong at the beginning of the last two seasons I I, I think there's no doubt it will benefit a player like him to kind of get off his get off his legs a little bit for a while and, and, and just sort of recover that I'll, I'll say another one that I think is going to benefit from this. And that's Michael Malone. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because, Probably. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and a big part of that is, is look, every coach that is during this hiatus has been, I'm sure using that time to the best of their ability in terms of maximizing, uh, you know, the, the resources that they have to view their team in, in a more analytical way to step back and say, what was really going on with us? Uh, Michael Malone, when we got to talk to him last month, you know, about six weeks or so into the hiatus said, you know, we were an inconsistent team. There, there were times that we played very well, you know, a 13 and three start comes to mind. Um, you know, a nine and one stretch that they had in, in November and December comes to mind. But this is a team that had some inconsistencies, certainly wasn't playing well when the season stopped. And so does he how he handles it, how he kind of s- sits back and says, what are some different things we can do? How can we maybe get this offense back to, uh, you know, being this more free flowing unit that, that we saw a couple seasons prior. And, and if we can do that to get, to get, get guys mo- moving, playing a little bit more of the Jokic ball, how do we incorporate that with improved defense? Because that was another area that was slipping. Um, how do we stop turning the ball over as much as they were doing over the final 10 or so games? I, I really think that he's a guy that that's uses that time really well and evidenced by the fact that the Nuggets in the last two seasons have been one of the best teams in the league over the first month, month and a half of the season. And so I kind of view it like that, right? Like this is it was unexpected, but this was an offseason time frame nonetheless. And so he's done a really good job these past couple seasons of having his team ready um, right at the start of play. And so how can he transfer that that he's been able to do these last two off seasons into this kind of format that's something that i think will benefit malone and i'm really just anxious to see 
um, how he how he handles it. What 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 other things, I guess, would you be not necessarily who benefits or or who doesn't? But what what's going to be the things if this starts, if, if we're looking at a late July, mid to late July restart, what are going to be the first things that you're you're most interested in seeing how the Nuggets respond? I mean, I think everyone's looking to see what Nikola Jokic does. He's kind of been a little off the radar since uh, the suspension of the season started. People have been, you know, wondering where is he? What is he doing? I don't know if you saw Nick. There were some post, like pictures on social media of him walking around Wash Park yeah. in Denver. He's like looking all of us. At, just like all of us getting his fresh air. For those who can were concerned of you know, oh, is he going to put on ways, you know, what is he doing? He looks good and he looks fine in the pictures. Like he, you know, looking fine. I think that that's going to be something that a lot of people are interested to see is see where he picks up, be the playoff Nicola that he was last year that really helped the Nuggets. So I think that's one thing. I think also just in general, you know, no matter what the format is, seeing, you know, how this again, still not with a ton of playoff experience. They made the playoff last seasons for every player except Paul Millsap and Mason Plumley. I think that was all their first and Will Barton uh, had a couple playoff, playoff and games. Will Barton. Yeah, that was all of their first playoff experience. So seeing how they can build off of that, seeing how Michael Porter Jr., not only how he fares in the playoffs, but really what his role is uh, in the playoffs. You know, Michael Malone said before the season stopped that if the playoffs started today, Michael Porter would have a really big role with that team. So I'm interested to see, you know, what he does, how he fares coming out of this suspension, how he fares playing in this heightened, uh, atmosphere. Um, those are some of the things I'm going to be looking at. Yeah. You know, I, I spoke with Jason quick last week on our, on our podcast, uh, the Portland trailblazers writer for the athletic. And we were talking about last year's Western conference semifinal series. Uh, the one that Portland won in game seven in Denver, having trailed by 17 points early in game seven. And he, you know, he spoke a lot about how the trailblazers had had a lot of failures leading up to that moment. Um, they had notably lost 10 playoff games in a row over the course of three seasons, uh, before they, before they were able to win that game seven and, and get over the hump and get to the Western conference finals. And, you know, his mind have covered, having covered the league for a long time and seeing similar situations is, you have to have some of those failures. You, you have to have that that pain. And the Nuggets have have now lost these kind of two years in a row. Obviously, at the end of the 2017-18 season, they had they lost game 82 in Minnesota. They would have been the playoffs. The winner was going to the playoffs. The loser was going home. They were that loser. Same situation in game seven of the West Semis is you win, you get to go to the Western Conference Finals, you lose, and you're done. And, and they were on the wrong end of that again. And so... I am curious, you kind of touched on this, of how have they allowed those lessons to guide what they're going to do now? And again, it's in a completely unprecedented way. Uh, there's going to be a lot of other things that are kind of at the forefront just in terms of what's it like to play without fans in the arena? Um, how, how are you playing these games in a, in a place you, you aren't familiar with? Um, it, th there's just going to be so many things that are different. But I, I am really curious to see what what they specifically gathered from those lessons from, you know, Jamal Murray really struggling in a game seven, going four of 18, what he gained from that, from the team overall shooting two of 19 from three in a closeout game at home, um, you know, allowing a guy like CJ McCollum to go off for, you know, 37 points. What, what did they gather from those games that it's going to be that little extra to, to put them over the top? That's going to be the, the fascinating thing. It's, it's kind of an abstract 
answer, but but that that's sort of how I how I see it coming. Um, Kendra, any any other kind of thoughts on on this grand NBA experiment that uh, that we hope is going to get started <laughs> soon before we before we sign off here? I mean, first off, it's it's it is nice to see sports coming back and stuff, and and no matter what format it's in, it, it'll be it'll be nice to get you know just as a tish of normalcy back into. I mean, I know a lot of people's lives that's a normal thing to watch sports, so I'm excited to see how this progresses. It's going to be really interesting. And I think from our perspective, covering games from home, it's going to be really interesting and different process, but it's things are moving forward, which is always nice to see. Yeah. It's, you know, I've been watching like German soccer. And so it's like, (laughs) I will, (laughs) there's going to be, you know, anything and and though, but that is, that is like an encouraging sign, like the Bundesliga in Germany. um, You know, certainly people are tuning in there, watching what they've done to this point. Um, you know, things have gone, things have gone really well there. And, uh, it's, there's, there's nothing that's going to be done without risk that that's the, that's just the reality of it. Nothing that they can do is going to completely eliminate all risks during a global pandemic. Um, and so, so safety, figuring out ways to, you know, keep players healthy. These are all the most important parts of this component, but, you know, it's moving back. The world is slowly starting to try to get back to things like sports in, in some small way. And, and obviously the NBA has been, I think, a leader in, in a lot of things, not only in this current situation, but but in other aspects uh, of society. Mm-hmm. And so you hope that they're going to be able to kind of once again show other leagues, you know, a way to get it done, get it done properly. And, and like you said, uh, we'll all be watching. Uh, that's going to do it for us this week. Thanks again to all the listeners and subscribers. If you are a subscriber, you know what to do. Hit us with that five-star rating and give us a review too. And don't forget, go to the Athletic app. You can find each of our episodes and leave comments. A big thank you to our producer, Rob Lopez. Thank you to you, Kendra. And uh, we'll catch you all next time.